welcome back to The Theology of the Buddy, a podcast for Catholics who love the beauty of the Church's sacred tradition. This is episode 85. My name is Chris, and I am joined today by my beautiful, prodigal co-host, Julie. Before we begin, if you haven't yet, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening, and please leave us a five-star review if you can. It really help us out. Also, don't forget to drop by TheologyOfTheBuddy.com for all of our show notes and past episodes. You can also find out how you can connect with us on social media. Again, that's TheologyOfTheBuddy.com. All right, well, on today's episode, we're doing something a little bit different. We're breaking this up into another two-part conversation wherein my wonderful wife, Julie, and I are going to be sharing with you a little bit about our journey with our daughter through the NICU process and beyond that. It's a bit of a unique story and one that we hope will be of value to you, especially in those moments of darkness and when you're just not sure what God is doing in your life. So we hope that you enjoy this conversation between Julie and I as we discuss about finding God in the NICU. All right, so before we get into the discussion, yeah, wanted to, to say, hey, how was your day? Oh, it was a good day. Yeah? What... Let our friends here at the podcast table know what happened today. <laughs> well, so among the, the various things you could do on a Saturday, St. Thomas, um, beginning of June, it's like the first Wednesday in June to the Saturday, they have St. Anne's Fair. Um, it's like a fundraiser and then money goes back to different um, charities in the city. Anyways, so we decided, hey, let's go check out the fair. So we all went, the four of us, Chris and myself and John and Therese. And John had his first experience on fair rides. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, yes, he did. Uh, I mean... Maybe you know a two and a half year old that likes the rides, but we kind of got you know the lay of the land. And John, what do you want to? What ride do you want to try out? And he's really into Blippy right now. Loves all the vehicles. So the fair ride was monster truck themed, and it went in a circle. But as it went in a circle, the monster trucks went up and then down, and it was kind of a little rough. <laughs> would say and we get in and i get john in first simon after him um and we start going and he just starts crying <laughs> crying and crying um yeah so i mean i wouldn't say the most pleasant first ride experience but it gets better <laughs> chris yes it does so we get off this ride like let's go let's go try something else he calmed down you know we thought okay maybe maybe he'll like something different so they have like um like a tractor themed one and a race car driver themed one both of which he loves those kinds of things these ones though you can't ride with a parent it's like just for the kids and so it's like okay well he could do it by himself like he, he could be fine. Like, there's other kids probably around his age. So I gave, you know, the ticket 
take her ride operator the tickets and he goes take you know the ride operator helps him get on the ride and starts going he looks back and just loses it yeah just bawling um yeah it was just the ride operator to stop the ride and got him off yeah like it was so embarrassing because like (sighs) all the other parents are watching as our child is having this meltdown and he like john is just like going around in circles it was really funny kind of to watch (laughs) it was funny to watch um but i mean you felt terrible but but it was like it was kind of funny Yep. Um, but we, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> the, the parents were really understanding. Uh, so they stopped the ride. We were able to get John off the ride and yeah. Anyway. And then we went on the, the merry-go-round yeah. twice. Like, let's try this instead. <laughs> yeah. Something a little less crazy, something we can sit with him on. Yep. And lots of does. space. Yeah. And, uh, yep. Cause it had the little sleigh. Like there, there's the, the horses that move up and down. Yeah. But then there's like the sleigh. So you can just go and sit. Yes. So Chris, you went yeah. first with him. Yeah. And he just lost it. Like, oh, there's mommy. And he sees and just every time we went, Every time we went around and he saw you, he started to cry. Yeah. It was really funny. I just. Yeah. But now. but then We ended when, up doing it one more time. I did it once more. And he still was very sad. He was. But he did better. I, uh. Anytime he he saw you, Chris, he would yes <laughs> he would yeah, cry. Yeah, but he uh, yeah, it helped trying to, to I don't talk about the horses racing and you know watching them go up and down and give him something else to focus on on the ride. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, by the end, <laughs> I mean in, a very, in very like John fashion, <laughs> you want to go on any more rides? No, I done now. I done now. I done now. <laughs> I done now. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. That was that was it. Yes. Um Yes. You went on a ride though. Yes, I did. And and my wife didn't even watch. But it was fine. No, I looked down at the wrong moment. What ride did you go on? It was like the drop zone thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, I hate those rides. Well, I we hate had, those we, we, in we particular. Had, we had a surplus of tickets because John refused to go on. We did. So it was like, well, what am I going to do? So I was like, well, I'll take one. And then, so I, I went on the, the drop zone, which was fine. And then uh, and then this other kid who was like literally like an inch taller than John. Well, I don't think he dro- was an inch taller. He was just like above the like cutoff line. So he was so excited that he could go on this ride yeah he was tall enough yeah so he went on the drop zone and uh it was amazing it was amazing to watch the the bravery of this like i don't know five-year-old yeah five or six yeah with his like his dad yeah he went up with his dad yeah and and dropped and like so so afterwards we made sure we we gave him his his mom and dad the rest of our tickets and said like have fun yeah congratulated the little boy and his bravery and yeah. yeah. And then we went to Tim Hortons and got Tim bits for John for his bravery. Yes. And then he drank all of my ice cap. <laughs> Some of my iced coffee. <laughs> yeah. Little, this little kid has been started early. We are deaf. He is small for his age. I have a funny feeling it's because no, I'm, I was going to say it's because of all the caffeine. He sneaks. Oh yeah. Not looking tea parties. Yeah. Yep. No, it's just John, but it's just John. Anyway. Yeah. So that so was fun. Yeah. St. Anne's Fair was over tonight. Yeah. Um, 
10 yeah. out of 10, we'll go back again. It was funny because after... 10 out of 10, wow. Yeah, 10, <laughs> 10 out of 10. Yikes. No, it, it's really not that great. <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun for like first rides with your kids and yeah. like, I don't know, just it was a fun experience. Yeah. But um, I mean, John was even talking after singing the monster truck song and talking about how he was crying on the rides. Yeah. yeah. I cry, I cry, I cry on the monster truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, you did, John. Yes, you did, big time. Yep. Yeah. But you were brave. Yeah. You want to do it again? Yeah. yeah. I done now. I done now. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see what happens next year. That's for sure. Yeah. Or do you think they'll do Iron Horse? No. No. Absolutely not. So I guess we'll just wait till next year. Yeah. And see what little three and a half year old John does. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's that's our little icebreaker yep. because we don't really have anything else to share. No, except that funny story yeah. from the day. But uh, yeah, so we wanted to to kind of share a little bit of our of our experience, um, about uh, what it was like for us because um, we we've been dealing with we've been really in crisis mode. For a number of months. Um, and, you know, it obviously has impacted the podcast. Because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you weren't paying attention, the podcast went on hiatus for a number of months. Um, and it was a, a wild experience for us um one which (laughs) i don't recommend um but i think you know god in his providence offered us an opportunity to suffer in a particular way um and not just us as parents but our daughter too and so we kind of wanted to share that story um so did you want me to start or do you want to start? Yeah, I guess if you want to start. Okay. So um so this podcast might end up a little long-winded. Um and yeah. it might end up into multiple podcasts, but we'll see. Um so after John was born, um we had hoped and planned to have another child. We had ha- we've had a number of miscarriages prior to John. Yeah. Uh, John is our third child. Um, we lost two prior to him. 10 years and, ago. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but we had, we, in, I mean, with John, he arrived early. Uh, there were, there were complications during the pregnancy, all of that, but, you know, placing our trust in God's divine providence, we thought, okay, well, let's, Let's try again. And um, in the winter of 2021, we found out we were pregnant. Yeah. January. January. Late January. And that was exciting and terrifying. Yeah. But, you know, again, trusting in in God, we, you know, just kind of placed our, our hopes in him and I guess, you know, waited to see what would happen. 
and Julie went in for her ultrasound because she had some bleeding. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it was pretty significant. Um, like it had picked up enough like that I had gone to emerge because um, we thought, you know, I think it was around six weeks. Yeah. Um, more than just like, a, oh, just wait and see what happens. Like I was like pretty certain things were going south. Yeah. Yeah, but by dates it seemed like they couldn't see what I thought they should be able to see and they ordered another ultrasound and I went back. I think yeah. I had gone in on like the Saturday or the Sunday. The Sunday. And I had gone back then the following Wednesday. And um, what did they see? They said that they saw a sack, but they said it was empty. There was no, they could see they no They could baby. see nothing. They should have been able to see like fetal pole and the yolk sack. But they said like they couldn't see anything. So, I mean, that was really worrying, upsetting, you know, like, okay, well, I guess... I guess this really is what's happening and, you know, kind of preparing for the worst and wishing that that just wasn't the case. I remember calling um, our Catholic OB and uh, I mean, I remember just falling apart, you know, but he said, you know, like, pray hope and don't worry. And he ordered another ultrasound in a week. And so, I mean, spent a lot of that week just hoping and praying and yeah. And I went, it was the Tuesday Remember, Chris, you kept assuring me, like, things, you know, like, God's got this, like, you know, like, all will work out for, for good. And I went to the ultrasound, and, I mean, COVID policy, like, you can't have, you couldn't have anybody else um, with you. And, you know, I remember laying down, ultrasound tech getting to work, and, like, almost breaking down right on the table, and she said, oh, yeah, I, I, there's just one baby in there. And I was like, what? Now, I mean, I guess really important to note that during that time, we were really praying hard for the intercession of St. Gerard Mayala. And I had requested right at the beginning of that week, there was a place, I believe it's in Scotland, I think in Limerick, um, a monastery, and they had relics that you could request online. And, you know, I put in our prayer intention online and requested this relic. So that did arrive in the mail later, but we really prayed hard for his intercession. Yeah. And I mean, he really pulled through. Big time. It was, it was quite a, quite an experience. It was a roller coaster really of, uh, of, um, monumental proportions going from your miscarrying. Yeah. Like the sack's empty. There's nothing there. I mean, I have the pictures. I'm able to get them like, um, online like the hospital had like a online thing you could like pay to get access and i mean yeah there you can't see anything that you should be able to see yeah so we don't know for sure if it was a miracle but we believe it is um, oh absolutely and that i mean saint gerard was was working yeah overtime uh so yeah um so i mean right from then it was like okay well whoever this baby is like that's got big plans like God's yeah. got to have big plans. Yeah. So that was so that was kind of the the initial experience. Um, in the context of this, like I had just gone back to school. Yeah. And um, I was back at work. And you were back at work. Uh, so I was like I was able to do schooling from home. I was studying for personal support work. Yeah. Um, and 
but yeah, I was able to do it from home. So I was able to essentially be a full-time dad and still go to school. And actually I was being paid as a student um, for a company here in, in St. Thomas with the agreement that, you know, I would work for them at the end uh, for at least a year once I graduate, uh, once I graduated. So that was, so that was nice. Like I was still bringing in a little income at the same time as going to school. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was just a wild, wild time. A lot of stress because obviously school yeah, uh, and dad. A lot of work and just so, so busy. Yeah. I mean, my days too, like I started a, just a different nursing job. And so, I mean, it was like, 10 hour days, like four days a week. I mean, it all worked out better anyway for our family, but yeah, just as a, you know, fast forwarding, we come into June, I begin doing my clinical placements. Yeah. Um, and our dog starts dying. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. About this time last year. Um, yeah, she was, she was really the sick. middle, the middle one out of the yeah. three, the middle Lu- one, really, really sick. Lucy queen of Narnia was, yeah, she, her gallbladder literally exploded. Yeah. Um, and they said you could either do a $10,000 surgery with no guarantees or we can just, just kind of make her comfortable. Yeah. And see what she does. Yeah. And again, started begging for St. Uh, Beckett. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to uh, Stephanie Weinert. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and her son. Yeah. Um, and lo and behold, our dog, whose gallbladder exploded, turned around in the span of like two weeks. Yeah. Um, so praise God for that. But again, just again, kind of in this context, right? Emotions are really high. <laughs> like there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of things going on. And like you're yeah. wondering, God, like what are you doing right now? Like what is happening in yeah. our lives? So I ended up um, just coming to the end of my uh, clinical placement with yeah. uh, with school, and everything was kind of going fine pregnancy wise. We didn't have any kind yeah. of indications anything was going wrong. You're monitoring a lot more closely, and yeah, I had switched to casual for work because yeah. our start schedules and yeah needs had changed so yeah and you know she yeah the job was a lot more relaxed and and you know compared lot, to yeah her previous a lot work. less time on my feet you know we were monitoring yeah monitoring things a lot more closely and things seemed to be going well yeah. qu- quite well uh and then ultrasounds were good and yeah no indications and then july um, 27th <laughs> july 27th yeah I wake up to Julie saying like four in the morning saying, Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. And I 30 weeks. Yeah. It was right on. Yeah. And, and Julie said my water broke. Yeah. And, uh, like any, we gotta go. Yeah. So sure enough, we, we go. Yeah. And, uh, Julie was admitted, and uh, I mean, again, like I hadn't even fully graduated at this point. I still needed a few weeks of uh, clinical placement uh, in the community mm-hmm. to actually graduate. And uh, 
like what's going to happen now. We don't know, but yeah. uh, by God's grace, like I reached out and I was like to my school and I was like, guys, like, I don't know what to do. And they were like, they gave me a special accommodation and allowed me to do an online component, which was really sweet and kind of them that they allowed that. But yeah, that's just kind of a side note because yeah, four days later, our little Therese Marie Mayella was born. Yeah. Rather in the hospital, I spent a lot of time reading Father Jacques Philippe's uh, Searching for and maintaining yeah, peace. Yeah, Searching for and Maintaining Peace. It's been a very, very slow process, and the book by now, by, at this stage, is very beat up. <laughs> but um, the book has been through a lot. Um, the reader's been the through reader's a been lot. through a lot, but the book is yeah. The book just kind of represents that. I'm like I'm talking coffee stains, water bottle spilled, like all just the NICU life experience yeah. since really starting to read it. But anyway, so yeah, so- what I what I had read from the book, I mean really prepared me like even for the for her birth and like just that experience and being open to to God's will I mean things seemed pretty stable with John things were fine like they had to induce but yeah this time you know the Saturday like late Friday night early Saturday morning rolls around and like you know contractions and and labor had had started and um you know, the nurses at the hospital and the doctor, like, were fantastic. I mean, they did everything that they could to try to slow and, and stall the labor. And, you know, the whole time we're asking for St. Gerard's intercession. Yeah, we'll have to, I think, try to, like, share the prayer in, in the show notes. Because when I say, like, he he delivered, like, literally exactly what the prayer asks for, he did. He got it done. One of the things is, like basically mitigating pains in childbirth. And I mean, one of the things that the nurses had, had told us, because we're like, like how, you know, they, they don't like to disturb things too much. And, you know, basically they had said, oh, contractions like to be effective need to be like five minutes apart. And I mean, they had, um, with the medication that they had put me on, it uh, like slowed contractions to 20 minutes, 45 minutes apart. I mean pretty easily able to breathe through them all offering them all for somebody but like it wasn't too bad you know my lab- my labor with john was way worse way worse um and way longer and way longer yeah but yeah remember like you know in the evening you know t- telling the doctors things are kind of changing or felt different and, you know, and i was like oh nope this this baby's coming like now yeah, like it had slow, like the contractions had slowed, and when the uh, the OB came in to look, they're like, "Oh, oh, it's go time." And yeah, Julie's like, "What?" Hey, what? And I'm like, uh, "What?" What? And they're like, "Yeah, you're having a baby. Um, we got to go." It's like, no, no. I remember, like, I can't do this. Yeah, you know, I'm like, you could do this. I'm like, okay, I could do this. You know, just really, I mean, it was like just surrendering to the the will of god and like with him i could do it and you know the intercession of saint gerard i fully believe that things would be taken care of and things would be okay yeah i mean she came pretty quick yeah like 10 minutes 15 minutes by the time yeah yeah and i mean it was it was a whirlwind 
Um, yeah, so she was born at three pounds, four ounces, two ounces, three pounds, two ounces. Yep. And so tiny. This like little red. Oh, yeah. Beautiful baby girl. 30 Um, weeks and four days. And yeah, just so tiny. Her, I remember, you know, especially like, because I got like the, the, Betamethasone shots. I think it was the betamethasone. Anyway, the steroid shots to help her lungs mature faster. And of course, like the 30 weeks, I mean, really anytime, the further they are from term, the concern is breathing and lungs. And, but I remember like just being so worried about her not crying. Like I just, I wanted her to be able to breathe. And being able to hear her cry was like all I wanted. And it was amazing. It was, just fantastic and i was so grateful to to be able to hear that yeah yeah they whisked her away yeah and yeah that was that was the most devastating part i think well i mean (laughs) of all of of that yeah i mean but it unlike with john they wrapped him up and handed him to me after julie's c-section yeah basically said here's your son go spend some time with him, which is yeah. great. Um, they made sure his weight was enough that he didn't have to go to NICU and he didn't, that yeah. was one thing he wanted then and he didn't have to go. Yeah. But, but yeah. Therese wasn't so lucky with that. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, they, they whisked her away, um, to, to NICU. And, uh, you know, when we finally were able to go and see her, she was, Gosh, she was so small. And yeah. she was connected to all these wires and tubes. Yeah. And but we were told she was which she was doing good. Like Yeah, you said they said like better than they ever would have expected. Yeah. Like better than they had expected at all, which it you know, I think was just an absolute miracle. And again, yeah. thank you, Saint Gerard. Like and I think it was around this time that we started praying uh, specifically for um, if there was someone else's intercession or who we should be asking yeah. for. And the constant thing that came up through prayer was the child Jesus, the infant Jesus. And so we began particularly seeking and praying to the child Jesus for yeah. his help and his grace. Yeah. So we named Therese, Therese Marie Mayella. Therese for St. Therese of the child, child Jesus. Jesus. And she literally was like our little flower. Yeah. Little. And Marie. And Marie for Mary. Our lady. And then Mayella for, for St. Gerard. Yeah. Um, and his intercession. But it didn't end there. So Oh no, we thought NICU was like, you know, oh, this is gonna be just, you know, we go through the NICU thing and we go home, right? Yeah. Ha. (laughs) Yeah. Big ha. The they the way that they kind of told us was expect due date for when you can go home with your daughter. So Yeah. So we were like planned for like a normal development kind of yeah, so yeah. we were expecting October 3rd, 5th. Yes. Okay, excuse me. <laughs> October 5th. 
And I mean, I was expecting October 3rd. Well, yes, I was like, okay, come on, St. Therese or like St. Teresa of Avila or just anybody, yeah. any, any, any Carmelite saint, any Carmelite saint, let's like, go. let's do, let's do this. Come yeah. on. If it had been Fran- St. Francis, I probably would have cried. Um, <laughs> given the current pontificate. Um, yeah. but so we were told expect due date, but as the days progressed, she, she started showing signs of different illness and yeah like there was a lot like right from the get-go i mean she like they start them off on like a very very small amount of breast milk if you can or donor milk or formula and like fairly quickly she was throwing up yeah she did constantly throwing up yeah she never needed oxygen really yeah which was which was mind-blowing she was yeah, like, she, like maybe for like the her, first couple days, but she was CPAP. off like right away, pretty well. Yeah, they had her on a CPAP, but yeah. that that came off. Yeah, within the first week, two weeks, two, about two weeks. Yeah, it was on, and then it was off, but she still had a bit of trouble, so it was on for about another week, yeah. and then it was off. Yeah, so she did really well with lung development and yeah things like that. Yeah, but there was just this weird thing where she couldn't keep down her food yeah she was constantly yeah throwing up they started them off on gravity feeds and like they thought maybe if we slow it down or control it more and they put her on the pump they had her off at the tpn and what like, is tpn for oh those? sorry T- tpn is a total parental nutrition so it goes in through like iv the sooner they can get them off that the better and they like to try to like it's best if they can get their bowels working on just breast milk or formula to to keep that going really like they needed to be used if you haven't noticed yet oh yeah dear listener my wife's a nurse (laughs) yeah 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 i guess it's all the all the all the nikki stuff you know yeah and the like yeah the feeding and the growing because they like to see these babies grow at the same pace that they would have in the womb but she wasn't yeah, that was. I remember the issue. one time I came in, and it was like where they would have expected. I think her like like her to have grown in length, and she hadn't. It was like, or her head size or her head circumference hadn't really changed. I was like, well, that doesn't make sense, but uh, whatever. Okay, I mean, different nurse. Sometimes they measure a little bit differently. So she was having a lot of trouble with the feeding. Yeah, every kind of formula we tried, and different concoctions, and. Yeah, it was, it was wild. There were... Delayed suck, swallow, breathe. Like when babies are born, they typically can coordinate that very well. Or they might need a little bit of help, but they don't really struggle. I mean, she was... She had so much trouble. She had so much trouble. Like where it would emerge and she would start like taking a soother. She was choking on milk and in NICU, like one of the parameters for them being able to go home is no events as they call them. So like no A's and B's is what they would call it. So no periods of not breathing or apnea, no bradycardia. So their heart rate dropping, but like, especially with feet, like she was, sometimes she would still have them anyway, just without feeding. But a lot of the time it was related to the throwing up or the feeding. Yeah, Her heart rate would drop and her breathing would drop and she'd go pretty limp. And yeah, it was, it was, 
terrifying. It was absolutely a terrifying experience. The, you know, and being that she was connected to the, all these monitors too, what would happen is she would have these events. Yeah. And the red alarms would start dinging and the yeah. nurses would come running. And sometimes she would need like They'd, what they would call a tactile stimulation. So they would need to, you know, come on, like, come on, get come her, back, come yep. on. It was, it was like watching your child on the verge of death. Over and over and over and over and over again. Oh yeah. And like, thank God for his presence. Yeah. In that time. Because like, and for our Lord, or for our lady and for her presence, because like we were just constantly running to them begging them help our daughter yeah help and imagine imagine not having that that must be i don't know like imagine living without god like yeah so you know offering that even that experience offering that for the souls who don't know know him who've gone through this experience and whose faith is completely shattered Yeah. I mean in in true fact, you know, I feel like our at least my faith was brought to the brink in that NICU yeah. so many times. Oh, big time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there was so much just I don't know, I mean the feeling of just like I mean, okay, I I guess how would I say? I mean, NICU trauma is a thing. Like they talk about NICU trauma. I mean, And I really saw that, you know, all the time going, you know, back up to their fourth floor and, you know, you're punching in the code and you're like, you're doing the same thing every day, you know, and I mean, it's the same floor that they have, you know, the, the antenatal side. So like, you know, where you're admitted before you have your baby, if you need to be, or the birthing floor is there and like, they like, this is not, this isn't what's supposed to happen. Like you're supposed to be on the inside, you know, and like, all the questions of why and wondering it's if what's going to happen and are you going to bring your baby home? Because not everybody gets to NICU isn't a guarantee that your baby gets to go home, no. you know, and like having that trust, like, you know, at the same, like it was so good to be able to go in to see her, but it was so hard to be able to leave her. Like it was like, you know, you go in to have your baby. It, it's like, you're still there, but you're not, still there because you're not staying mm -hmm. every night, you know, but every day it's, you know, like, are you going in enough? Are you going in too much or, you know, yeah. and I mean that, I mean, you've got that side of it. And then of course the, yeah, the wondering what, what God's doing, what, what his plan is and, you know, trying to accept the, the suffering, but also trying to trust in his goodness And like, look back and remember his promises. Like, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's just it's confusing. I'd say it's just really confusing. Like being in that. I like I think around that time there was on Instagram. I don't know if it was Saint Teresa. I might be able to find it, but like the most dangerous question. I think that was what it was that we would ask or could ask God is why. You know, like rather than kind of just accepting the Lord's will and 
in, in remembering his promises, I mean, I think the times for me that were the hardest were the times where I was just completely wrapped up into that question, like wanting to know all the answers and, you know, comparing myself to other people. And at least for me, it would have the potential a lot of the time to turn very self-focused and, and, you know, aggravate the postpartum depression and the, you know, struggle with the NICU trauma. And yeah, I, I don't know, like it very complex. So we get to due date. So at, at this point, like my, like I've been placed on, you know, on leave from work. I'm like, yeah, and you've been, you've been put on leave. Yeah. There's this, there's now this new financial strain. The hospital isn't in our hometown where we live. So we're it, driving in like, it's driving in like 30 to 40 minutes back and forth every day. Um, and you know, and so and taking turns, taking shifts going, you know, uh, yeah. we don't have, um, we don't have family, uh, that is, is able to care for our, our son. So, it was just us. And, um, at that point, really there, there wasn't a lot of help. Um, and that was really difficult. Yeah. Um, that was, that was one of the most difficult parts and yeah. So we're, you know, going back and forth, you know, we get to due date, we've gone through all of this, um, and we're not going home. Yeah. She's still, she's still really sick she's not growing not to the degree that they want her to no her growth was always really slow really poor throwing up like multiple times a day every day yeah gosh i think it was she was 39 weeks adjusted i mean their nikki was full and they needed beds there but she was able to be moved up so they moved her to the like pediatric inpatient floor like everything else oh we need to backtrack a little bit. Okay. Um, just put pause on there. When she was in NICU, she, like during the time that like she had come off of the CPAP, went back on because of the breathing issues, like they had uh, done some extra scans and stuff. She did, remember we found like they found the, the, the grade one interventricular hemorrhage and that had resolved. Which is? A, it's a small brain bleed and that had resolved. You know, we had prayed a lot for that. And so, I mean, it was like, oh, you know, thank God that's that's okay. Because her veins are so tiny. So, I mean, that's where a lot of complications can come from prematurity. But they were concerned about this breathing issue. They had done a scan to compare to an earlier scan. And they found that there was some fluid around her heart. So, they gave her some medication to help with that. But they had called in cardiology to, <laughs> to come and do some scans. Anyway, they ended up finding for her... There's a certain duct that's supposed to close when they are first born and they cry and it closes it. For her, it did not. And usually closes by the end, which it did end up closing. But we found out that she had some other heart defects. So there was that side of things as well. So, I mean, that's been a whole other thing we've been dealing with. So, yeah. I mean, there was a shock of that because one of the things that she has can spread, like based on prematurity, um, there's just more of a risk for it for premature infants. And so then it was, again, more of the concern of like, oh my gosh, is my baby even going to live? Is she going to get out of here? Is she going to, like, what's going to happen to her? Because if she had this one particular 
if she had this particular heart defect, but and it got spreading, worse. yeah, and it got worse because of the prematurity. Basically, for her, it would end up being fatal. So yeah. far, it's been stable enough. Yeah. Um, so more miracles. So that was that side of it. Yeah, there was just you know, Everything. if you're listening to this, you know, it there was just so much. Oh yeah, like going on all at once. You know, there was, yeah, there was the throwing up constantly. There was the not growing. There was the heart defects. There was the brain bleed. There was all of these things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the and, apneas and, you know, the dropping in her heart rate and the dropping in her breathing and the not yeah. taking a bottle. And it's yeah. just your it head's was, spinning. Yeah. Like you're like so disoriented. Yeah. So disoriented. But anyway, so back to her moving upstairs. She wasn't staying because of the heart issues. She was still there because of the feeding and the growing. So she was up there for about three weeks. Yeah, in pediatrics. Yeah, and um, they sent her to our hometown. Yeah, because we have a... Uh, it's essentially like a special care nursery. It's another NICU. It's like a NICU, but it's like a lower level NICU, so they can't provide yeah. us great care. But frankly, I think they they gave equal or better care yeah. to some degrees. Like they take later weeks. I think it was like 34 or 36. Yeah. But the nurse, but anyway. like basically there's only like four beds in that nursery. Yeah. And uh, the, the kind of attentive care and kindness that they received that, Therese received in that NICU or that nursery was awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah so she was, so she was still there. So this is mid October and we're, we're still in NICU and, but now in, uh, now in St. Thomas and she's still having the same issues. Yeah. And they're <laughs> telling us it's, it's basically reflux disease. They're like it's reflux disease. Yeah. And like GERD. the meds aren't working. Like your meds aren't working. Yeah. Where they should, be taming things down they're like not doing anything yeah she's still throwing up she's still not growing and it's like this is like the weirdest thing like it's not like you know oh you know like my kid's got some sort of weird obvious like physical deformity like yeah. she had no obvious thing thing you know it was just constantly throwing up and we're like what the heck is going on uh, oh, also, just a random backtrack as well. By God's grace, our priest was able to come in right before Traditionis yeah. came in to effect in this diocese, and she was able to receive old rite baptism. August our, 28th. Yeah. So, thank you, Lord, for that gift. Yeah. Um, Dad couldn't be there. You couldn't be there. I couldn't be there. It sadly. was just me and Godmother... And priest. And priest. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Because they wouldn't let us, they they wouldn't let me in. Yeah. Stupid COVID rules. COVID rules. Yeah. So dumb. Yep. Anyway, thanks, Doug Ford. Yeah. So we're we're in NICU in St. Thomas, and they're still trying, they're trying everything that they can. Like, they're literally, like, trying positioning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thicken it, feed her in the car seat. <laughs> literally feeding our baby in a car seat. <laughs> Like and an NG tube, it, yeah, by NG tube at this point, oh, which seriously. is you know, a, a tube that goes in up through the nose and into the stomach. Yep. And uh, yeah, dude, it was it was wild. Yeah. Um, because it was still not working. 
But yeah. you know what? They're like, well, she wasn't bottling. She, she wasn't bottling. But they're like, you know enough. what? They were just like, well, we're doing the same things over and over again. It's not really working. Basically, we're going to send you home anyway. Yeah. So we came home. And so we came home. 11th of November. Yes. Remembrance Day here in, yeah, in, in Ontario and Canada. And like, but again, she was constantly throwing up. And that in itself was traumatic. Oh, yeah. Like, we're talking like projectile. Not all the time, but most of the time. And, and, she, and yeah, just throwing up the tube. Yeah. Yeah, she would throw up so hard. Poor thing. It was it was insane. We worked hard to get her to bottling. Yeah, so, yeah, we actually, by God's grace, was able to get her to start bottling. But she was still having issues, still kind of gagging with it, and then throwing yeah. throwing half or sometimes full feeds up afterwards. You'd yeah. work so hard to get her to take it down. Yeah. And then for nothing. Yeah. Um, and it was just so deflating. But again, it was one of those things where you're constantly going to God, being like, Lord, help. Like, help us figure this out. Like, what's going on? And I swear, like, Julie, you were like a chemist. You were like... Oh, my gosh. You were like... You were, like- you were a mad scientist. <laughs> I mean, whether it was, you know... Uh, also, the sleep deprivation, you know, like your hair in the middle of the night is like all, all sides of your head. And... <laughs> You know, and you're going, well, I, I'm going to try three quarters this kind of formula and one quarter this formula, and we'll see how it works, you know? And like, yeah. and every time it was like, and you'd, you'd get a couple, you might get a day where she doesn't throw up, and, and it was like a Yay, success. It's yeah, better. We, we no, it's it, not. We figured it out. And then the next day, you know, and, and it's just like, <sighs> yeah. Okay, back to square one again. Julie's, you know, back at the, you know, write down different concentrations yeah. of different formulas, trying to figure out, you know, she's She's ordering formula from like Germany. She's getting like it's We're trying everything. Like, trying is she allergic everything. to this? Is sensitive to that? Do we need something thicker? Do we like? Oh, it was nuts. Yeah, it was nuts. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. What are your thoughts so far on the episode? We'd love to hear from you guys. Message us on Facebook or DM on Instagram at Theology of the Buddy. Find us on Twitter at StayTraddy or email us at TheologyOfTheBuddy at gmail.com. If you like what you heard today, please consider subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, YouTube, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Would you also please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes? We'd greatly appreciate it, as it helps us get noticed within the larger podcast community. Also, make sure you're subscribed so you can listen as soon as the next episode comes out. We hope to have part two out in a week. We'll save you a seat at the table. And until then, stage ready.